to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Amen. Amen. You guys got me? You can be seated. I want to say again, echo Doug and Haley and thanking this worship band. Um, Let me tell you just a little bit about myself before we jump into the sermon. I really, really am thankful to be a part of a church that supports youth events like this. Let me tell you why. There's two reasons. First reason, uh, we have a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 10-year-old. They'll be with us in worship next Sunday, and I am thrilled for them to come and be a part of ministry like this. But let me tell you the second reason. I didn't grow up in church. When my dad remarried and my stepmom kept trying to get me to go to church, you need to come to youth group, come to youth group, come to youth group. I was a junior in high school. I don't don't want to do that. She said, well, there's really pretty girls there. What time do they meet? (laughs) But let me tell you, it wasn't a sermon. It wasn't a Bible study. It was a youth event similar to this with worship music similar to this where God opened up my heart and I said yes to Jesus Christ. This stuff matters. This stuff changes lives. This changes eternity. So students, great job. Keep your hearts open to God's grace. Adults who volunteered, great job. You're making a difference. Worship leaders, Limitless, Mark and the Refuge Band, Mickey in the traditional service, you are making a difference for the kingdom of God. So thank you for what you do. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 30. I'll be reading from the New International Version. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Would you pray with me? God, we hear your words. Now, Holy Spirit, we ask for the wisdom to understand them. Amen. So there was this um, raging wildfire that was happening, and a national magazine sent a photographer to get on a small plane and fly over and take some aerial photos. 
So the photographer gets to the runway. He sees the plane idling. He runs over to it and he jumps in. He looks at the pilot and says, take off. So they took off. Once they're up in the air, he looks at the pilot and says, fly as low as you can over the western tree line. The pilot looked at him and said, why do you want me to do that? So I can get some good pictures. Wait, said the pilot, you mean you're not the flight instructor? (laughs) You know, we're around people and we make assumptions about who people are. But it is entirely possible to be around someone and not really know who they are. At events like Weekend of the Cross, you meet new people or you get to really know people you thought you knew before. For me and Doug and Haley, we're meeting a whole bunch of new people. And look, just understand, I appreciate your patience. You're going to have to tell us your name five or six times. You're going to have to pull down the mask. Uh, It's hard to get to know everyone here, but we'll get it over time. And in our culture, we kind of have this unwritten order, don't we, of of how you go about getting to know someone. The first step is usually a question like this. What's your name? You offer your name, you ask them their name, and then from there, you're allowed to ask other questions. You know, where do you go to school? Where do you work? Where are you from? Et cetera, et cetera. But in the biblical times... When you heard a person's name, you actually got all of that other information because a name in the scriptural days was more than a surface level identifier. A name told you a person's heritage, where they came from, their vocation, even their moral composition. Their name would tell you whether or not you could trust them. It would tell you what they might do in any given situation. A person's name told you their story. So today, when we have a name change, for example, we get married, we want to change our name, we just go down to the courthouse, we fill out some papers, and it's done. Or even if I don't like what I'm called, my name is Chris Winterman, if I want to be called Zibbidi-Doo, it's fine. I go down to the courthouse, I fill out the paperwork, and I can legally be called that. That's fine. But in the times of the Bible, changing a name was not done so casually. As a matter of fact, God was the only one who changed names. And when God did, it was more than a change in identification. God was changing a person's entire story. As a matter of fact, God was changing the story of history whenever God changed a name. And this morning in our text, we see one of the most well-known names in our faith, Jacob, and possibly the most important name change in history from Jacob to Israel. Now, there's a lot going on here as usual, so let me give you just a little bit of background so we understand why this name change is such a big deal. So uh, Isaac and Rebecca are set to have twins, right? And Rebecca gives birth, and the first child comes out, and he's red, and he's hairy, so they call him Esau. And his younger brother comes out right behind him, the Bible says, grasping his heel, so they gave him the name Jacob, which means heel grabber. So we think heel grabber, that's that's kind of an odd thing. Heel grabber was a Jewish idiom, it was a Jewish saying for deceiver, liar, supplanter, 
A supplanter, to supplant someone, is to take a position that's rightfully theirs and get it by trickery or deceit. So Jacob is already pegged as one who is a trickster, a deceiver, a liar who will take someone else's position. So fast forward a few years and Esau is a big hunter. He's out in the the woods, he's hunting, he comes back, he's tired, he's hungry. He sees his younger brother Jacob cooking some soup. Now understand Esau was born first. So according to the custom of the day, he was to get the primary share of his father's inheritance and his father's blessing. So Esau looks at Jacob and he says, Jacob, give me some of that soup. Jacob says, I'll give you a bowl if you give me your birthright. Now look, I make really good chili and seafood gumbo. It's slap your mama good, but it's not give up your birthright good. But Esau is not a very smart nor a very reliable person. So he sells his birthright literally for a bowl of soup. So fast forward some years later, their father Isaac is in his last days. His vision is failing and he's about to go. So he needs to bless his son Esau. Well, Rebecca actually loves Jacob more. So they come up with this plan. They're going to get Jacob in there instead of Esau to get the blessing. And the way they're going to do it is they're going to take all this goat hair and they're going to glue it all over Jacob. So he goes into the tent with hair glued all over. Remember Esau's a big hairy man. He's in the tent with his father Isaac. And Isaac is like this old cartoon character named Mr. Magoo. If you don't know who this is, he would talk to a mop because he thought it was a person because he couldn't see. So Isaac reaches out. He touches his son. He feels the hair. Oh, this must be Esau. He gives him the blessing. Well, then Esau comes in for his blessing and and Isaac says, I've already given it away. So Esau is furious. Jacob runs away and he's gone for years and years. And our scripture this morning picks up where he's about to return to meet his brother Esau for the first time. And he's afraid his brother's going to kill him. Now, I don't mean like, oh, I'm so mad at my sister. I'm going to kill her. No, it's not a euphemism. He thinks Esau is literally going to end his life. So he's going to pray. He sends all his people and all his stuff across the river and he waits to pray. And the scriptures here give us one of the most beautiful and poignant metaphors for prayer that I've ever seen. It says, Jacob wrestled with God all night long. Have you ever been in a place so heavy and so difficult that you felt like your prayers were literally wrestling with God? If you haven't, just wait. You'll get there. So Jacob is wrestling with God. And I want to look at verses 26 through 28 again because that is the crux of our passage. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. So when I read the Bible, my big question is always, what does this mean for my life today? How should I walk away different from having read this? And when we hear a sermon, we should listen to the scriptures 
And we should be asking ourselves the question, God, what do you want to say to me today? So I'm going to give you right now three reasons why I think this name change and this question in particular, what's your name? I'm going to give you three reasons why I think this is important. And look, if you're a note taker, take notes. Uh, if you got your phone and something in the message speaks to you, put it on Facebook or Twitter because someone out there may need to hear it. If it speaks to you, maybe it's going to speak to someone else too. Okay, here's the first reason I think this question, what's your name and this name change is important to us. If God can change Jacob's name, then God can change our name as well. Friends, the power of the gospel is that it actually can change us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, we can be different. And if that's not true, then honestly, we're wasting our time. I mean, we've, we've had a great time. We've had great music and great fellowship, and we've had a lot of fun. But if Jesus Christ can't change our lives, then what we're doing is ultimately pointless. But I'm here to tell you he can And this isn't theoretical knowledge for me because as I told you at the beginning, God changed my name, my story radically when I was halfway through my junior year of high school. God changed Jacob's name, changed his story. God changed Paul's name and changed his story. And friends, God can and will change your name. You can be different because of the power of the gospel. Listen to how Paul the apostle puts it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. And the new is here. You know, I used to love brand new semesters and brand new school years when I was in school. Teenagers, tell me if you ever made yourself this promise. All right, this semester I'm going to keep my folder or my notebook clean and organized. I'm going to do every assignment five days before it's due and turn it all in early. I love those new beginnings. The old year is gone. The new has come. Friends, through Jesus Christ, your old life can be gone and your new life can begin. God can change your name and change your story. You say, ah, but you... You you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You're right, I don't, but God does, and he wants to change you anyways. Through Jesus Christ, your mistakes do not define you. Your sin doesn't determine your name or your story. God does. You know the word gospel literally means good news? Friends, it's good news. God can and will change your name. Second reason this matters is it means that other people can't define us either. You ever have a friend, like in middle school or high school, even elementary school, they had a nickname and everyone kind of forgot what their actual name was. You just call them by their nickname. That's all you've ever known them by. Well, Doug talked last week about how we have the power to name things. And that includes naming people, naming lives. And when we name, we have the power because we are created in the image of God to speak life or death, to speak blessing or curse. And friends, too many people walk around under the weight 
of the name that other people have given them. Too many people walk around under the names that other people have given, maybe not explicitly, but implicitly with their actions. Tell me if any of these names sound or feel familiar. Worthless, unwanted, unloved, ugly, stupid. None of those are the name that God has for you. None of those are the name that God intended for you to walk under. Because friends, a name that we walk under is our story. And too many of us let other people tell our story instead of the author himself. You want to hear God's name for you? Let me show you. It's in Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork. Now this translation says, for we are what he has made us. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. So this little phrase, what he has made us, the New International Version says we are God's handiwork. Other English translations translate this little phrase as masterpiece or craftsmanship. I knew a guy who did woodworking. And I mean, this guy could take a, just a big block of wood And he could carve out an owl, like with all the feathers and the ruffles and its eyes and its beak. Phenomenal. It's outstanding. And he would spend hours and hours meticulously crafting and forming and lovingly creating each section of that woodwork. That's what the Greek words in the New Testament here, masterpiece and craftsmanship, that's what they say God has done for you. So I want you to hear this. If you don't hear anything else today, you are God's masterpiece. You are God's greatest creation. You are crafted meticulously, intentionally, and lovingly by the God who made the heavens and the earth. Don't you ever let anyone else give you a different name than that. Because God himself has named you loved, chosen, masterpiece. Jacob's name was placed upon him by others, and God changed that. We have names placed upon us by others. God can change that as well. The third and final reason why this matters to us today In order to experience name change, we have to face our old name. So if you go back to this little encounter, Jacob's wrestling with God. God says, let me go because the day's coming. Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. God doesn't say, okay, I bless you. God responds with a question. What is your name? Now, I used to really get confused. God asked Jacob his name. I was wondering why Jacob didn't look up and say, you're God, don't you know? Or in the garden when Adam and Eve hid and God says, where are you? God's not really bad at hide and seek. God knows where they are. When I became a teacher, I realized why God asked questions like this. I taught math for four years and when I did and I gave a test, I could tell you within a few points how each student in my class was going to do. The grade, the the test wasn't to show me what they knew. It was for me to grade the test and give it back to them for them to see areas in which they need to improve. Friends, when God asks a question like this, it's not so God can find out the answer. 
God is offering us a moment of self-revelation because it is only through being honest with who we are that God can make us who we will become. It's only through being honest with who we are that we allow God to make us who we will become. We have to face our old name. I can only imagine in this encounter when God says, what's your name? Remember, Jacob isn't just saying Jacob. He's saying, I'm a liar. I'm a deceiver. I stole something that wasn't mine, something serious. So I can only imagine God saying, what's your name? And Jacob saying, I'm Jacob. There was no pride in that name. There was only regret. There was only guilt. There was only shame. And that's the moment that God said no. No longer will you be called Jacob, but Israel. Friends, the only way to open yourself to God's grace is to face who you are. To allow God to ask you the question, what's your name? And to be honest about it. Because when you open yourself to God honestly, that's when the power of the gospel changes your life. We can experience this new name, but in order to do so, we have to face our old name. I'm going to ask the worship band to come back out now and just kind of play softly. And I want to make an invitation to you because the scriptures are there to speak to us. The scriptures are there to change us. The scriptures are there to make us different. But God will not force himself upon us, friends. It is up to us to respond. So let me tell you a couple ways you can respond. Maybe you have never, never allowed Jesus Christ to change you. Maybe you have never given your life over to him. This is the perfect day to do that. If you want to do that, you come and talk to me or Doug. Youth, you go up and talk to one of us, talk to Haley, talk to one of your leaders. You get home, talk to your parents. Or if you don't want to do that right now, if you can't do that right now, you can text Go Deeper to the number that will be up on the screen in a few minutes. Or maybe you need to make an appointment to come see us in the office and talk to us. Send us an email, send us a text, Facebook message, call the office and come see us. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, friends, he can and will change your life. He will change your story and he will change in doing so the story of the people around you. Second invitation, maybe you've been living under a name that others have given you. Maybe you've been living under names that other people have placed on your life and you want someone to pray with you. You let us know. We'll pray that you would allow that name to die so that you can live into God's new name. Or maybe, maybe God changed your name, but you've forgotten. It happens. Maybe you're away from home right now and you need to be brought back. Never too late. You're never too far gone. However far you think you've gone, grace goes that much further. And there's always time for God to make a change. So my name is Chris Winterman. And you know a little bit about my story now. 
be open to God's voice as he asks you this morning, what's your name? Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.